profiling female athletes and the sports they play. You're listening to She's Got Game on the TSN radio network. It's an extraordinary debut, Bianca Andreescu. A lot of people say no to me because I was a girl. And boys, move over. The lady is coming through. Danica Patrick wins. Be patient. Be curious. Be daring. Kuda wins gold for Canada. The champion, Ronda Rousey. Christine Sinclair. It's Serena Williams again. Okay, it's time for the next step. Step, step. Hello and welcome to She's Got Game here on the TSN radio network. I am Michaela Schreider. She is Vanessa Sanchez. And we are with you for the next hour or so, giving you everything you need to know from the world of women's sports. We have a lot to get to this week, folks. Later on, we're going to be joined by Diana Matheson, Canadian soccer legend and founder of Project 8, to get an update on the Canadian Women's National Soccer League set to launch in 2025. We might also pick her brain on how she thinks Canada is going to do in the Olympics this year. We've got hockey news. We've got soccer news. But Vanessa, we got to get to the big news of the week. And that is that Caitlin Clark broke the NCAA women's basketball all-time scoring record in Iowa's win over Michigan on Thursday night. And how else... Did we all expect her to do it, Vanessa, then dropping a three from the logo? Come on. We we talked about it right before it happened. We said that that is exactly how she was going to do it, and she did it. She's incredible. There are not enough words in the dictionary. They talked to uh, Zora Stevenson, who does play-by-play for NBC. She called the game. Um, she's called multiple games for Caitlin Clark, uh, or for Iowa, I guess, and she said, you need a thesaurus when covering a Caitlin Clark game because everything she does is incredible, and it's true. Like There just are no more words for what she has done and continues to do. Yeah, I every week that we record this show, I get tired of saying she's incredible because she, yeah. or she's unbelievable or she's unreal or she's not human because it's true and it continues to be true. And it feels like, every you know, we've talked about this a million times. It feels like every single week we have this new thing, this new record she broke, this new feat she accomplished, something unbelievable that no one else has done that she did. And it just it yeah, it's like, how how else do you describe this? We need a thesaurus to do it every single week. Um, and and this might be the biggest one yet. She is now the all-time leading scorer in uh, NCAA women's basketball. She put up 49 points in this win over Michigan, and she scored or assisted on 79 points in this game for Iowa. That's the most points accounted for by any D1 women's player in any game in the last 25 years. So even when she makes history, she makes history alongside it. Exactly. This was a career best night for her with 49 points. I'm sure she's kicking herself too. She's like, I could have made 50. I know I could have made 50. <laughs> exactly but- what she's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but like she like they the records just keep coming. There I don't even know if there are any more for her to break within the women's game. She might have no. to go <laughs> to the men's like we have to start looking at overall NCAA records now. And when we look at that, she's 98 points from Pistol Pete's record, uh, who has has the record for the all-time leading scorer in men's NCAA basketball. And there's four regular season games left. So that's 24 points she's got to average in those four games. And she's uh, averaging 30-something. I don't know yeah. what the current number, what her current average is now with a 49-point game after that. But like, she's got to skew the numbers the a bit. Absolutely. Like she, she will do this before playoffs. 
barring Absolutely. anything, you know, terrible happening, which knock on wood, you know, everything is good. But she like she will do this within the next few weeks. Yeah, it's hard to see it not happening. We're just going um, we to record. We're just going to like take this recording and just replay it and dub over like whatever new record because really like there's what else do we say exactly i know you don't love a simpsons quote but it is going to be like that episode of the simpsons from the super bowl where they're like the denver broncos yes (laughs) (laughs) i do know that one (laughs) uh we talked about how she did it dropping a three-pointer from the logo which is just the most caitlin clark way to break a record that i ever have seen uh and she talked about that exactly after the game Y'all knew I was going to shoot a logo three for the record. Come on now. I mean, yeah, we did, Caitlin. We knew it. We knew it was going to happen. We we talked about it before the game. No one was surprised. The chatter on Twitter was, wow, I can't believe she did it. And also, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with her. Like, everything she does is so historic. Everything. Every game she plays, she's making history. But it's not surprising anymore. Like, to going into that game last night, we all knew what was coming. Everybody knew what was coming. That's why people spent $500, upwards of $500 on a ticket to get into this game. Um, the average ticket price overall from, from the time that tickets first went on sale, average ticket price last night was $254 to attend, which was about 25 times more than it would have cost to attend the Bucks Grizzlies game, which was happening at the same time last night. Um, but since the Nebraska game, the the seat or the floor for tickets went up to something like five hundred dollars, right? Like people yeah. were going to sell their souls to be one of the fifteen thousand fans that were in attendance to see this game. Yeah, sellout crowd of 15,000 fans, like you said. It was on a major network in the States. It was really heavily promoted. And there were some, uh, Haley McGoldrick tweeted this shortly after the game, and and it really stood out to me. Um, She said, getting emotional about Caitlin Clark because it was just two years ago that the NCAA women's tournament wasn't even allowed to use March Madness. And now hundreds of thousands of people just watched a hometown Iowa girl break the all time scoring record. Like, it is not that long ago that we were talking. Sedona Prince was highlighting the Mm -hmm. fact that they didn't have a proper weight room, that we weren't able to talk about the NCAA Women's uh, National Tournament as March Madness, that people were arguing that no one watches women's basketball. That was two years ago, and here we are. Like, the, the growth of this game, and a lot of it is down to players like Caitlin Clark, is just unbelievable when you when you sit back and think about it, you know, after everything that happened last night. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating though, because we say, yeah, like players like Caitlin Clark make it, you know, make it so watchable, but she beat Kelsey Plum's record last night. Kelsey Plum played what five years ago in the NCAA. People should have been watching then when Kelsey Plum yeah. was setting this record. Like there have always been generational talents in WN or in NCAA. It's just the world is catching up now. The sports watching world is finally catching up. And watching, watching, watching these amazing players. And, you know, like, again, Caitlin Clark is great, but I remember Sabrina Ionescu a few years ago, people talking about her and saying, you know, this, this, uh, this basketball has been here all along and why aren't we watching? And like every few years, I feel like we have a star like this, not to say that Caitlin Clark is not special. She absolutely is. But every few years there is a player 
that like really stands out and people are like, why aren't we watching this more? Why isn't this more of a thing, you know? And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, which is great. It's not like I'm not complaining, but there are always these incredible players playing in playing the college game. I mean, you could make that argument around women's sports, regardless of the sport, right? Like I could write a book on my (laughs) thoughts on the fact that we all missed the vast majority of Sue Bird's career because the WNBA wasn't accessible. The Mm -hmm. same applies to Maya Moore and Cheryl Swoops and Lisa Leslie and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We have missed the careers of so many great athletes in women's Mm -hmm. sports simply because no one put them on TV. They weren't accessible. It's it's so amazing to look at this now and know that Caitlin Clark will never have that problem. Like we've been following mm-hmm. her since her rookie year. Um, assuming she goes into the WNBA, like her pro career will be incredibly heavily covered. And that's amazing. It it does suck when you think about the fact that there's so many amazing athletes whose careers we miss the vast majority of or all of simply because no one people didn't believe in women's sports. Exactly. But it's on the backs of those players of the Maya Moores and the Cheryl Swoops and the Lisa Leslie's and the Sue Birds that were able to watch the Paige Beckers and the Caitlin Clarks and the Sabrina Nascues now. It it's that's that's how it works, I guess. Yeah. That's how yep. growth works. It's yep. it's not always pretty and it can be painful, but it happens. Exactly. Um going back to that Haley McGoldrick uh tweet that you mentioned too, um, I love the bit about doing it in front of a hometown crowd. I like that she pointed yeah. that out because to do this in Iowa when you're from Iowa, that is a huge deal. Not that Iowa were were chumps beforehand. Um, you know, they've always been a pretty good basketball team, but like Caitlin Clark could have gone anywhere. She was they she had offers when she was in grade seven. Like they teams wanted her schools wanted her and she got to stay home not super close she's from des moines iowa plays out of iowa city so it's like a two-hour drive but still she got to stay in her home state Mm -hmm. like her family gets to be there for all of the home games like that's that's a it's a luxury that's not afforded to many players um and i think it's really really cool that she got to do it in front of her home state crowd yeah. Yeah. She loves Iowa. Like she's very yeah, proud of she's where she's from. She's a Midwest girl. She's a Midwest girl. Exactly. <laughs> I did love the the uh, rhetoric, the sun, the Sunday game where she came within eight points of, of breaking the record um, against Nebraska. Nebraska came back and won that game. It was mm-hmm. a really exciting game. And there was the 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 Midwest uh they were framing it as like the Midwest uh, showdown, like who gets to claim <laughs> the ownership of corn. <laughs> It was pretty great. Um, so yeah, yeah, like listen, she's got 98 points to go for the the overall NCAA basketball scoring record. Four games left in the regular season. It's very likely we're going to be talking about Caitlin Clark breaking another record within a couple of weeks. Uh, but just what a huge accomplishment. And and we're so happy that we got to witness it. We're so happy we got to cover it. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have to talk four? about hockey. Oh, sorry. Okay, wait. Sorry, four games. That means we gotta like get bracket ready. Super that sad. means, yeah, so we got conference uh, playoffs, which will be very exciting. And then we have the national mm-hmm. tournament. And we're, what, mid, mid-February mid right now? Mid-February, March yeah. March Madness is just March. around the corner. Yeah. Oh, so Let's exciting. go. <laughs> All right. We got to talk about hockey. 
Yes. Because Canada completed the reverse sweep, as they're calling it, coming <laughs> back from being down 3 nothing in the ri- rivalry series with the U.S. They won Game 7 6-1 on Sunday. Uh, just such an exciting series. We talked about this last week. It, it, you know, the, the momentum had really shifted uh, last week with a couple of wins, and uh, Canada walks away with it. They sure do. It was a dominant performance. Um, it made me so excited for world championships coming up in April because, um, you know, maybe we have a shot at winning it this year. Still a little bitter from last year. Um, lots of PWHL what happened stars. Last year? No one won last year. N- no, actually, it, did it even happen? Um, yeah, lots of PWHL stars uh, on the scoreboard for this game. Natalie Spooner and Emma Maltese from Toronto. Both had two goals each and an assist each. Um, and then Marie Philippoulin from Montreal, Ashton Bell from Ottawa also scored for Canada. Uh, Sarah Nurse from Toronto had three assists and Renee Debien made 24 saves. It was a oh, mwah, chef's kiss. It was a beautiful can I, game. Can I say one unintended consequence of the PWHL that is actually bothering me right oh, now? Oh, no. I have an idea of what it is, but you go for it. It's making me sympathize with American players. Oh, no. Like this rivalry, (laughs) Canada-USA, everyone knows this is the best rivalry in sports. This is a rivalry I grew up with. I will show my bias very proudly on this show. I'm a Canadian fan. It's why we have a rivalry series. It is called the rivalry (laughs) series. We don't like Team USA. They are the Mm -hmm. enemies. And yet... There are a number of American players who play here in Ottawa who I follow and cover very closely. And when Haley Scamura went down, she was injured at one point in this game. She did come back and she is okay, thank goodness. Um, I My heart sank. This is the first time in my life I've been watching Canada and the U.S. since I was eight years old in the Nagano Olympics, where my hatred for them was like born and it just fueled over the years. This is the first time in my life that an American player got injured and I went... No. no, that's PWHL Ottawa's first ever goal scorer. Exactly. <laughs> We've interviewed her. I'm like, yeah. no. Uh, and that's a it's a feeling I and listen, I obviously I don't wish injury on anybody, but it's it's the feeling of of being behind the American players to a certain extent and and kind of rooting for them to a certain extent that is very, very unfamiliar for me. That's very fair. To a lesser extent, um, in thinking about the world championships that are coming up in uh, early April, they're going to be happening in New York. Um, I was thinking about like, you know, it's always Canada, US, always, 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 except for that one year that Finland showed up. (laughs) But like, it's always Canada, US. Czechia, the past two years have come in third place. And like, I feel like I have a special place in my heart for Czechia. Because of Carla McLeod. Yep. I have never felt any ways about Czechia. They are there and they play good hockey and that's cool. But now I'm like, that's my girl, Carla. I know. And and I want the best for her and whatever team she is coaching. It's bizarre. It's It's a weird feeling. When we've only, like, like, you know, the CWHL and and the PHF, like, we have had opportunities to watch, obviously, professional women's hockey in the past. But the vast majority of our women's hockey exposure has been international hockey. And obviously, Mm -hmm. we're very biased towards Canada. It's it's a wild feeling to now have a bit of a bias towards other teams and other countries. Mm -hmm. And it's it's something we got to get used to. But it is a good thing, I think. Um, Sure. Sure. (laughs) 
Speaking of American players, unfortunately, Taylor Heisey did go down with an injury in game seven, and she is now out for Minnesota, which is a huge loss. However, real quick, um, Minnesota was part of the first ever PWHL trade this week as they sent Abby Cook and Susanna Tapani to Boston in exchange for Sophie Jacques, uh, giving themselves some help on the blue line. So Minnesota's down a player, but uh, I think they did make a huge addition with Sophie Jacques uh, at defense. Yeah, Sophie Jacques, huge offensive defender. Um, and I mean, they are a very sound defensive team. So this will add some flair for sure at the blue line. It's worth noting. So, so Sophie Jacques was in the NCAA as recently as last year. She had 156 mm-hmm. points in 172 games with Ohio State as a defense. And she won the Patty Kassmeyer Award as the best national player, uh, best player in the nation last year. So uh, really, really exciting addition for, for Minnesota there. Yeah. All right. We are getting closer and closer to the launch of the Professional Women's Soccer League here in Canada. And two-time bronze medalist and Canadian soccer legend Diana Matheson has been at the helm. She and her team at Project 8 are behind the soon-to-be-launched league, and she joins us on the line now for an update. Diana, how are you? I'm great. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. Let's let's start uh with the the news right off the top, uh, last time we talked to you, uh, you had some updates around uh, the Canadian Women's Soccer League that's set to launch in 2025. Uh, are there any updates on the league? What can you tell us about where things stand now? Oh, gosh, I know we've been so quiet. I get asked uh, a lot. I promise we're going to be making more noise over the next <laughs> few months. Uh, we've only got a, about a month left here of finalizing our market. Uh, and then we'll have some more announcements for folks. I know the more recent news was specific to Toronto with Andre DeGrasse investing in Toronto. Uh, another investor to Sarah Jordan, who's the CEO of Mastermind, actually came on the same day. Uh, so we, we've been quiet about new markets, but some of our existing uh, markets have been announcing things. So that's been exciting. We actually spoke with uh, Jill Bergen from AFC Toronto last month. Um, we talked to her about just you know how the club is developing. She also mentioned that um, her club is taking a lot of notes from uh, the PWHL and the success that they've seen from a lead wide perspective. Um, are you guys looking to to the PWHL for any inspiration? Oh, I mean, yes. I the fact <laughs> the fact that they exist and we get to go, you know, downtown and watch a women's pro hockey game, or we get to go to a restaurant or a bar and there's a game on. Uh, has just been it's it's been wonderful I mean we've been at this over a year now and to see kind of a tangible piece of proof of the market we know is there and uh, yeah it's it's been great and you know I've spoken about it before everyone in women's sport is so eager to share best practices and learning so we've always had a great relationship with the women's hockey crew and that's the same now we we send them notes all the times with questions and we're, we're planning to track them down for a few uh, days of a full debrief after they're done season. Uh, we realize they're busy now, but yeah, we've been, we've been watching and enjoying and I'll be at the, uh, the game Friday too. Awesome. Like you said, uh, AFC Toronto had a few big announcements recently with Andre DeGrasse being a major investor, obviously big investments from well-known figures go a long way. Talk to us a little bit about what that means for the league, but also can we anticipate more uh, big names being involved? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, again, haven't announced too much, so there's only going to be more to come. I think, you know, no one's really built a league this way before 
soccer leagues in general are all, you know, clubs that have been around for a while and then foreign leagues. That's how it works globally. And in North America, the newer sports, you know, more or less to summarize it, have been a few men with a lot of money and their friends started a pro sports league. And this has been very much not that. It's been, you know, myself, other former players like Steph Labe at the forefront pushing uh, putting together a plan we believed in and knew can work in our market and then finding investors and partners that believe in what we're doing. So this is very much a ground up leak. And honestly, I don't think that's happened before in sport. So the, you know, the fact that we've got Andre on board is just a, a small example of someone who believes in what we're doing and the power of what this thing is going to be, not just next year when we kick off, but over the decades to come. Big names off the field are great. We also love big names on the field. We cover so many Canadian soccer stars here playing all over the world. We've got NW Portlanta over in the uh, in the NWSL, the WSL, Chloe LaCasse lighting it up with Arsenal, two goals this week. Um, have you talked to any of the players about, you know, what? first of all, I guess just what a league in Canada would mean to them, but do you think also we might start seeing some of them come home to play? Yeah, and we, we actually track not just the national team pool, obviously, but all the players, the Canadian women that are on some sort of pro contract abroad. And I think the number was 110, like three years ago. And I just got a note that we passed 150. So that's, it, it, it shows the, you know, how many players we have out there and how fast it's growing. Uh, for the national team, I had a good catch up with them in Victoria before they had their their game out there and gave them all the updates at that point. That would have been, uh, I guess, end of November. Uh, and they've got some camps coming up in the next few months too. So I'll do another update for them then. We're definitely trying to attract some of those spaces back to Canada for year one. And we're confident we're going to be able to do that. In conversation with Canadian soccer legend, Diana Matheson. Now, uh, last time we spoke to you, Diana, uh, since we last spoke to you, Christine Sinclair has retired from international football. You were uh, there to see her play in her final matches, like you said, in Victoria and Vancouver. Um, what was it like, not only as a former teammate, but also as her friend to witness that? Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable. What was it, 46,000 people, I think, at BC Place? And it was, uh, I mean, she got she got the send-off she deserved for sure. And obviously Aaron McLeod and Sophie Schmidt were being recognized there as well. And honestly, <laughs> selfishly, it was pretty great as a, an alumni. Um, there, there's never been that many occasions where we've been able to get back together. And I think this was the biggest gathering of uh, men's national team and women's national team alumni I've ever seen. So it kind of gave us the excuse to come back together and Canada soccer and the Whitecaps did a great job of hosting us and they even had some of us 2012ers out on the field to clap sync and Aaron and Soph on the field. And we got to be out there and sing the anthem. So it was like, it was kind of a nice moment for all of us to get kind of one more moment as a team singing the anthem in front of a crowd. So it was a, it was a pretty special day for everyone. And to see sync surrounded by her, her entire family, which she's so close to, especially her nieces. It was a, it was an emotional day. You were not alone in feeling that. We, yeah. we should all shed some tears around here. Um, now, we are in an Olympic year. Uh, obviously, it's going to be hard to fill a Sinclair-sized hole in this team. But what are your thoughts on Team Canada heading into the summer? You think we can – we – what is the white play on the team? Do you think they can defend the gold medal? 
Well, if history is ever uh, an indication of what's coming, I would say we're in good shape. We are pretty historically great at bouncing back in an Olympic year following a disappointing World Cup. So I think we can all categorize last year's World Cup as disappointing. So that said, we should be uh, we should be in great shape here to get a fourth podium in a row. I like your confidence. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and run with it right through yep. to the summer as a fan. I feel good now. Same. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Diana, we really appreciate your time. We always appreciate updates on the Canadian Women's uh, Soccer League. We cannot wait. We've we've had so much excitement around the PWHL in the last few months. Uh, Vanessa and I getting to cover the league. We cannot wait to do the same with the Canadian Women's Soccer League when it launches next year. So thank you so much uh, for all of your continued work in making that happen and for taking the time to give us an update today. Anytime. Looking forward to uh, chatting more in the months to come with more updates. Thanks for having me as always. Thank you so much to Diana Matheson for joining us to give us an update on the Canadian Professional Women's Soccer League. Still to come on She's Got Game. It's a huge weekend in the WSL. We've got some rivalry games and we've got a sold-out Emirates Stadium to tell you about. You're listening to She's Got Game on the TSN Radio Network. Playing like a girl for the whole show. You can too on She's Got Game with Michaela Schreider and Vanessa Sanchez on the TSN radio network. I am Michaela. She is Vanessa. Now, Vanessa, we have a very busy weekend in the world of women's soccer Mm. coming up. The WSL rivalry uh, weekend, (laughs) I guess we're going to call it. Sure. Um, We've got uh, Chelsea versus Man City and we've got Arsenal uh, versus Manchester United in Emirates Stadium, a sold-out Emirates Stadium to look forward to. This is the first time they've ever sold it out in WSL history. They've done it before for Champions League, obviously, um, but this is the first time ever in WSL they've sold it out. Let's go. Oh, oh they're going to be so excited to see Leah Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> Even Jen um, Beatty's going to be there. Oh, Jen my Beatty's God. coming. Javini's coming from um, California. She has to do some visa stuff, she said. So she's she's there for two reasons, um, to make sure she can legally work in the United States of America and also to cheer on her former Arsenal team. Absolutely. Now, it's been a bit of a roller coaster week for Arsenal um, because last weekend in the FA Cup, uh, Mm -hmm. things did not go their way. They lost 1-0 to Man City. Um, And in, in a... I, I wasn't unexpected loss because Man City is incredibly good and and they're second mm-hmm. overall in, in the WSL. And I don't know what we would have expected, but to have Arsenal go out in the FA Cup in the same the same stage they did last year is a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, I think it was a very frustrating loss. Like you said, like they're both amazing teams. And so it was it was a coin toss. Um, I I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. And I don't want to sound too biased towards Arsenal, <laughs> but I think Man City was very fortunate in some of the calls that were made or not made in this game. Um, the goal that, you know, the go-ahead goal, the only goal scored for Man City um, came off of a free kick that, you know, maybe uh, Chloe Kelly went down a little too easy and it was just a little light tug of the shirt and just went down got a free kick and they scored so whatever so that's fine stabbing. and then um there was also a uh an absolute definite for sure goal 
that was not called a goal for Arsenal. And um, because it's WSL and, you know, we don't have all of the proper funding just yet. FA needs to work on some VAR rules for WSL yeah. for for women's FA. Um, yeah, the, there was no way to look back and see that it absolutely definitely was in the net. It passed the line fully. It's it passed the line by like an entire soccer ball. Like like, a whole ball. <laughs> and it was kind of similar to what we saw when the US got knocked out in, in the World Cup. Like uh goalkeeper Kira Keatley, Keating kind of reached back and brought it out from very much in the net mm-hmm. to outside her the foot, net. Her back foot was like inside the yeah. goal box. Like there's no way. Sorry. Yeah. Even Alyssa Nair would have said that. Even was Alyssa Nair. <laughs> <laughs> Even and so very, you're right. The WSL in, in women's soccer outside of the World Cup and Olympics needs VAR. Like mm-hmm. it, it is an asset in in soccer in general. And I know there's a lot of people like it, it can slow the game down and, and people don't always love it. But I mean, VAR is what makes sure that calls are made when they need to be. The refs are human, right? They're going to mm-hmm. make human error and having VAR just ensures that calls are more accurate. And this was a game that absolutely could have used it. Absolutely. And when you've got this it, like, like a single elimination game absolutely should be used. And if the only, um, the only criticism of it or the biggest at least, is that it's going to slow the game down. I'd rather have a slower game. I mean, it's soccer. It's already kind of slow. Like, I'd rather have a slowed down game than an inaccurate game, than a game that goes out on something like this. If it not, if it weren't for VAR, Canada would not have an Olympic gold medal. Uh, yes! The penalty shot, the penalty kick in uh, against the U.S., was mm-hmm. on VAR, I believe. And I think the same for the penalty kick against Sweden in the gold medal game to tie it. Both were VAR calls, if I recall correctly. I trust your memory. I don't, but <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I, like VAR was a huge component of the Olympics. It makes mm-hmm. sure the game is called accurately. We absolutely should should want it. Now, midweek, things turned around for Arsenal as they beat yes. London City Lionesses 4-0 to nil in the Conti Cup to head to the semifinals, which was, mm-hmm. I think... A really like like listen, Arsenal versus London City. One of these things is not like the other. We know that these <laughs> two teams are not exactly evenly matched. No disrespect to London City, but this was a game that Arsenal should win, and they did win handedly. Chloe Lacasse, Canadian, with two goals, Kim Little and Alessia Russo with the other goals. So I think I think Arsenal got they they rebounded from that Man City loss. They needed this. The the yeah. They they absolutely needed this. <laughs> the game, um, oh my god, who did they play two weeks ago when they lost and they should have won? Christy Mewis. Oh, West, West Ham. Ham. West Ham. Um, that was one of those games that they should have won and mm-hmm. didn't and completely underestimated their opponent. And so I think maybe they they learned from that one a little bit and came into London City with a little more oomph and a little more drive and uh maybe some fear of, of dropping another should be easy one and yeah for it a four nil win incredible chloe lacasse we've been talking about her for a while i feel like for a couple of years i mean she's been around for longer but the past few years what she's been doing for the canadian team has been incredible like when she when we have gone to see canada play live I can't not watch her. She is constantly moving. She's so good at soccer. And I I love watching her play. I'm so happy that she's doing so well for Arsenal. Alessia Russo, 
that was her first touch of the ball. She came in in the 70, I want to say 71st minute and scored in the 74th. Like she just like made an instant, instant impact. Great game. I'm so happy. Even though I had a very hard time watching it because FA player was not working very well for like anyone in the whole entire world. Yes, that is true. Yeah. In fact, I did not get to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um there were a lot of funny jokes about uh mm-hmm. Rayusha Little John being behind <laughs> the, <laughs> the sabotage of the FA player. <laughs> um I so Arsenal is on to game. the semifinals against Aston Villa in the Conti Cup on March 6th. The other semifinal will feature Chelsea and Man City on March 7th, which uh, I think will be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh in other England soccer news, we now have the roster for the Lionesses and a pair of friendlies against Italy and Austria coming up later in February. And Leah Williamson makes her return to the Lionesses for the first first time since her ACL injury. I'm thrilled. I of course. I'm so happy. I just <laughs> The band is back together. The band is back together. It's like such a stacked team you look at this lineup and it's like this is like an all this is an all-star lineup like if you pick the best players from the world half of them are on this england squad it's and they're not in the olympics which is baffling to me it is we won't get into it It is is a crime crime. Yeah. yeah i'm i'm so upset that like you put together an england squad like this you've got mary erps and goal you've got lucy bronze and leah williamson as defenders alex greenwood in the midfield frank kirby kira walsh ella toon georgia stanway forwards rachel daly lauren hemp lauren james chloe kelly beth mead alessia russo and they're playing in two friendlies that's all we're gonna get to see them do in the next few months like make it it's criminal you know, make it mean something it's absolutely criminal. Um, in good news in England soccer, uh, mm-hmm. London has named one of their overground train lines after the Lionesses to celebrate their Euro win from 2022. The Euston to Watford Junction is now known as the Lioness Line, which is so awesome. So, so great. I can't remember who tweeted it. I want to say it was Georgia Stanway, but I might have made that up. Maybe it was one of the other ones. But they tweeted and said, like, if it's late, don't blame us. If the train doesn't come, it's not on us. It's just named after us. That's that's true. I can see a lot of people getting mad and directing it in the wrong direction. Yeah. But I hope it's um I hope they can like, I don't know, like brand it. Brand that train. Make it Yeah. Yeah. There's some fun very... promotion opportunities here to put the players on the train get them to ride it and and absolutely i think that'd be a lot of fun i kind Um, of just want to go to london just to take it i i literally tweeted i was like brb booking a trip to (laughs) london like this is awesome (laughs) just for this we'll catch a couple games while we're there too why not yeah yeah i I hear they kind of like soccer over there so maybe there'd be a few games on um Some not-so-good news and more ACL injury updates. Angel City FC confirmed that June Endo suffered an ACL injury this week during the club's preseason training camp in Melbourne, Florida. So another ACL injury in women's soccer. Yep. Uh, Like, sucks. It sucks so bad. I I don't even know what to say with these anymore. This is ridiculous. Season-ending injury. Season hasn't even started yet, and we're already dealing with this. I don't know. I don't know how many... they keep losing players. They need all the help they can get. Junendo is one Seriously. of their best players and she goes down before the season even starts. Like mm-hmm. I know I get 
I know we say it every week, but it bears repeating. If there were an epidemic of knee injuries like this in men's soccer, the world would stop. Mm -hmm. And every soccer organization on the planet would throw every dollar they have at this problem. And unfortunately, that's just not happening. So until it does, we're going to continue to see these injuries. And Um, we're going to continue to complain about it on this show. Absolutely. We are annoyed. That's our (laughs) God-given right. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about basketball. Okay. Uh, So we've got some exciting news in the world of basketball. John Quell Jones has re-signed with the New York Liberty. She's staying there for another two years, Vanessa. Not overly surprising. I think we knew this was coming, but it is nice to see them lock her up. Yeah, she did say that she wanted to return to the Liberty. She has enjoyed her time there. Um, She helped lead them to their first WNBA final appearance um, since 2002. So, I mean, you want to keep going with that kind of um, success. Uh, Brianna Stewart, MVP from 2023, is also expected to sign a one-year deal. So she's expected to stick around. Hasn't been you know it hasn't happened yet but like the core of that team is is going to stick together to repeat the success of last year and maybe improve upon it maybe maybe a championship in the future maybe maybe there's no reason to change this lineup in my opinion like exactly they went to the finals right that they won the one super team was beat by the other super team (laughs) in (laughs) vegas But there's no reason if if you're New York to to make any drastic changes to this lineup. John Quill Jones was the biggest acquisition they made last year in free agency. Um, it like quite literally rocked the basketball world. And she was such a force for them. She's one of the best players in the league. Um, it absolutely makes sense to bring her back. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what New York can do um, this season because I think we saw like they they had a great season last year, but I I feel like a team when you when you bring in that many players, like you want to give them time to to gel, and I feel mm-hmm. like they'll they'll only be better this year because they've had that much more time. Exactly, you build that chemistry. It's I mean I feel like that chemistry was like we saw it pretty quickly, um, but yeah, it'll only get better. Let's see. In other uh, basketball news, some very good basketball news, especially if you're a Canadian basketball fan, because Canada has qualified for the Paris 2024 Olympics in women's basketball and men's basketball, which is the first time that has happened since <laughs> 2000. Um, wow. Canada, right? I did not know that stat. Yeah. That's first time great. both men's and women's teams have qualified for the Olympics. This is the fourth consecutive Olympics that the women's team will be in. Um, so it's nice to see the men catch up. <laughs> <laughs> But Canada qualified in very dramatic fashion as they lost to Japan on Sunday in a game that they could have, if they won that game, they would have qualified, but they lost. So they needed Spain to beat Hungary. And Hungary was winning against Spain for the vast majority of this game. Spain did end up winning 73 to 72 in dramatic comeback fashion. And therefore, Canada qualified for the Olympics, but it was not without its uh, touch of the dramatics. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Good old Spain coming through. Spain with their star player, Megan Gustafson, because, you know, good old Wisconsin girl. (laughs) Michaela, I don't know how it happened. This girl got Spanish citizenship before I did. She. (laughs) She's from Wisconsin. (laughs) But yeah, good old Spain pulling through. Good old, you know what? Spain coming through for Canada. I yeah. really do appreciate it. Love to see it. Um, Bridget Carlson had 19 points in the loss to Japan. Uh, Natalia Chamwa had 12 points. So, like in general, I think Canada did perform really well. They just unfortunately got beat by by a, a 
Japan team that is very good that made it. I, think, I believe they were the silver medal winners in uh, in Beijing. Um, so it's great to see Canada go back. They should have Kia Nurse back by the time mm. the Olympics start. So that's very exciting. That is that's big big news. Oh, I'm so excited right. for the Olympics. Right? It's, every week we've got more Olympics news to talk about. We're not even there yet. Um, it's it's really, really exciting. All right, still to come on She's Got Game, we're going to tell you what you should be watching this week. You're listening to She's Got Game on the TSN radio network. This is She's Got Game with Michaela Schreider and Vanessa Sanchez shattering the glass on the TSN radio network. I am Vanessa. She is Michaela. And before we get to what we are going to be watching this weekend, because we have so much to watch this weekend, um, I want to tell you about a cool thing that came out this week. Um, the Institute for Diversity and Ethics in Sports, they call themselves TIDES. Um, it's out of the University of Central Florida in the States. They do these reports on all of the major leagues, the boys leagues, um, but they also include the WNBA in there. They do um, an annual report studying diversity hiring throughout the league. Uh, and the W WNBA came in uh, with an A, an overall A. They got A-plus grades in some areas, including gender hiring for head coaches, um, going from women holding. They held 58.3% of jobs in uh, 2022 to 75% in 2023. That's Pretty good. Um, uh, Racial hiring grade was uh, an A minus. um, A in racial hiring, A plus in general hiring for roles. um, And uh, yeah, so just overall pretty good. They do need to fix team presidents and general managers. They got a C minus for that, but working on it. So love to see that. That's great. It's the WNBA. We say this all the time. The WNBA is so important and it is Mm -hmm. not just important in terms of the basketball, but in, in terms of the the you know, the uh, organizations within it and how they function, like um, the opportunities that they provide to to so many people from diverse backgrounds is is really important. And, and diversity in hiring is so, so important. You need a diversity of voices making decisions, especially in a league that is as important as the WNBA. So this is awesome. And and a, a league as diverse as the WNBA, you yeah. have to you have to reflect your player demographic in your front office and in your coaching staffs and and your fan demographic yes the the fan base of the WNBA doesn't get um it's not talked enough about how Mm -hmm. inclusive of a space it is specifically for uh racial minorities and the LGBTQ plus community sports are often not a safe space for Mm -hmm. uh many people of those backgrounds and in the WNBA games that I have attended like this is just me personally but like obviously like in general if you watch enough WNBA you know this like they have created safer spaces for these communities and that's so important in sports it really really is so well done to the WNBA um okay Michaela what are you going to be watching this weekend oh there's so many options (laughs) if we were airing before Friday night in various markets in this country, I would talk about the <laughs> Battle of Ontario that is taking place at Scotiabank Arena between PWHL Toronto and Montreal. But I can't because by the time you're hearing this, the game will have already taken place. But just know it's happening. It's sold out and we're very excited. Um, but I am going to be watching specifically PWHL Minnesota versus Ottawa here in our nation's capital Saturday, February 17th at 2 p.m. We will be there in person. Hopefully Vanessa's curse has lifted and Ottawa gets a win. 
um, because they desperately need it. They lost to Minnesota earlier this week, and uh, Minnesota is in first place. Ottawa is currently in last place, and so hopefully they can turn things around by uh, by beating Minnesota. I uh, I completely agree. I hope my curse is lifted as well, but time will tell. This game will tell. And if I can just give a quick shout out to Lexia Gia, who teased her Valentine's Day outfit <laughs> on the show last week. And when she and Emily Clark shared that video releasing the outfit, she was right. It was straight fire. It was awesome. She delivered. She went she 100% delivered. delivered. Also, so low-key Emily Clark is also, she's my style icon. I, I am not much <laughs> of a, like... I'm much more of a hoodie and leather jacket person, mm-hmm. and that's what Emily Clark was wearing. She also looked great in the video. Always. Also, always with those earrings. Those earrings are so great. I need to they're know where so they're from. They're so great. They are. And like, I, I want to know where the nickname Pookie came from. That's my Spookster. only question. I'm gonna, you know what? If I see Lexi at the game, I will ask her we tomorrow know. or this weekend. Yes. Um, I'm going to be watching soccer. No surprise. As we talked about earlier, Arsenal is going to be playing in front of a sold-out home crowd at Emirates. Um, they're playing Manu Saturday morning, February 17th uh, at 7.30, which, you know, I'm not a morning person, but I will do it for Arsenal. I will do it. Also, Gold Cup starts this week, Tuesday, February 20th. Uh, Mexico and Argentina kick it all off. And then uh, we just got soccer for days and days and days after that. So, Make sure you tune in. Canada plays their first game on Thursday, February 22nd at 9 p.m. Much more my timeline. I love a late night game. That's opposite that does for it. me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you missed part of the episode or if you want to listen to it all over again, you can find our show on your local TSN radio website or anywhere you listen to podcasts, including the iHeartRadio app. If you'd like to chat with Michaela or I on Twitter, you can find us at Shrides, that's S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S, or at Vansan3000. Thank you so much to Marco, our producer, for making us sound oh so good. And as we like to do each and every week, we like to leave you with a quote of the week. And this week, it comes from Iowa head coach Lisa Bluter on Caitlin Clark, the person. Everybody knows Caitlin is the basketball player. There's so much more to Caitlin than that. She's the kindest person. She's thoughtful. She's generous. Uh, She's funny, Um, and so that was really fun to hear her teammates just express what she means to them as a person, because sometimes we can forget that she is a person and not just this unbelievable basketball player.